the past, the present, the future. This is Friday Night Fright. What the planet is listening to. Hello, this is Ian Austin of Friday Night Fright fame. And today, folks, what a goddamn movie we've got for you today. We have the greatest horror movies of all time, undisputedly. The baddest motherfucker of all horror movies. The Matt Daddy of all horror movies. The King Kong. King Kong motherfucker of all horror movies. Event Horizon. And know what you're thinking. This is not actually a very good movie. Well, you're all wrong. F1 who thinks that's wrong. F1 who thinks I was going to do this as part of my It's Not That Bad or whatever I call that set. Segment or section or whatever. Well, it ain't that bad. It's a goddamn great movie. I'm going to be reviewing it and recapping it today on Shudder Friday Night Fright, Shudder Mania Friday Night Fright, whatever. Shudder Mania's gone. It's Friday Night Fright. I'm recapping, I'm reviewing and recapping Event Horizon tonight on Friday Night Fright. It's going to be fucking lit. Because you know what? I like Event Horizon and I'm still going to spend. 10 minutes reviewing it and about 20 minutes recapping it. Even though you don't need to listen to the rest of the episode, you're going to listen because it's Event Horizon. It's a goddamn great movie. It's a great horror movie. It's good. And I'll tell you what, it's also good. And well, I'll be back off. Brief word for my sponsor. Hey, it's Ian Austin. I'm back and I just watched Event Horizon and I think it's fair to say I loved it because why would I possibly say otherwise? It's one of my favourite horror movies, sorry, in background, do you hear comedians in gardening coffees? Hopefully not enough of Netflix to sue me, but if they do, well, oh shit. There goes my pocket money. Ha ha. Back to Event Rising. So yeah, I think it's fair to say I love Event Rising. Um, and I have spans out for ten minutes discussing Event Horizon without discussing events in it too much because that's coming up in recap shortly oh shit i've left myself in the lurch yet again um i'll have to go and soon catch figure it out so for people who've never heard of it event horizon is a 90s sci-fi slash horror movie um loosely inspired by stuff like alien aliens blade runner and i guess to certain say warhammer 30k, 3,000, I don't know where the fuck it is, because everyone said it ripped off at the time. It's a movie by Paul W.S. Anderson, not the PTA Anderson, the one made Book Nights, Magnolia, Hard Eight, A Master, and Punch Drunk Love, and There Will Be Blood. You know, he didn't make those, no, he made such movies, Wrestling Evil, Mortal Kombat, Shopper, I think, is about, and Soldier. So it's more of a... His stylistic tendencies veer more towards Grindhouse is the wrong word, but trashy B movies, I guess. Um, I um, and Event Horizon for me is probably zenith of his career because this was a movie made after Mortal Kombat, and I feel like this is the most crystallized version of a Paul W. S. Anderson movie you'll ever get because this was right before he made Soldier. And right before he made Resident Evil. So this was like the gap way between... He made his first movie, which was a low-budget British action movie. And then he made Mortal Kombat. And this is like... Just after Mortal Kombat, it's like making a really grindy horror movie and sci-fi movie. 
And I think one of the reasons I really like Event Horizon is I'm not a big sci-fi guy in general. I find a lot of it very dry. I know some people enjoy that, but I prefer, like, stuff like Alien, which feels a bit more lived in, to the normal sci-fi. Ah, bollocks, my voice. Normal sci-fi twaddle. Because all of those big ideas, you know, like, sometimes, like I say, it's very dry. It doesn't really have sense of life to it. You get something like Arrival, which is a bit more vibrancy and potency to it, and a bit more, you know, quality, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, a lot of big sci-fi movies, I, I, I think main thing is, I'm not a big sci-fi guy in general, because for me, certain point of sci-fi seems to be that it's like, oh, the planets you've never seen, blah, 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 and it's like, I can't relate to that, you know? Plus, cinema is so inventive in general, that having a genre which is... Advertises, hey, look how adventurous we can be. It's like, fucking, Saint in general is pretty adventurous and wild. It doesn't have to be rooted in sci fi. And also, I'm a big horror guy in general, so obviously, I'm going to relate more to a sci fi movie which has a um, horror aesthetic rather than a sci fi movie which has a fancy aesthetic, for example. I like something like Star Wars because it pretty much ignores all those big scientific questions that don't matter and it just focuses on being fun and Event Horizon for me is fun, it's fun it's a fun movie, it's terrifying it's fucked up, it's gross but it's fun, it's a movie which has a sense of life to it as it's emphasized by the fact that all of the characters have a quirk and a life and an exuberance to them that goes beyond some of the characterization because in fact there isn't much characterization to any of the characters in this movie they don't really have that big a deep character arc there's little bits here and there but it's mainly just a really fast paced sci-fi movie which, sci-fi horror movie which starts, finishes and ends no, in that order as quickly as possible doesn't want to linger past the point of no return which I like because you watch something like Sunshine and me problem with Sunshine is you get to the end and sort of like it's not ending the same way it started by which I mean it feels like two movies jammed together Event Horizon gets round that trap because it's 3,000 fucking movies jammed together really sloppily but in an endearing way for example, with this elements of movie to Miller, Captain played by Long Fishburne, which falls straight out of a war movie. And then you've got the Doctors, you've got um, DJ and Peters. And Peters is like fucking a touching family drama, like, oh, I have to leave my kid with my ex, blah, 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 blah. Sad, you know? And then you get all fucking weird stuff, which is like straight out of a fucking body horror movie. It's just so jarring, but in a way that fits together it's the basic personification of the ship the event horizon they find which is just the most ludicrous design ever it's clearly designed by someone's nervous breakdown and the fact that the crew never mention it in some ways is weird but in other ways it's like that just fits the whole patchwork nature of this movie and indeed i think it the reason the movie succeeds for me personally is that it's so patchwork. It's it's not perfect. It's flawed. It's messy. There's a lot of errors to it. There's a lot of weirdness. There's a lot of dialogue which doesn't fit. And just bad dialogue. But bad dialogue delivered earnestly by actors who get what they're doing can be really awesome. Like, for example, that 
awful line. Do you want something hot and black inside you? No. Well, how about some coffee then? That's a terrible line. That's a really fucking bad line by any stretch. But just, just ridiculous enthusiasm for the cast makes those sort of terrible lines work better. It's the Long Fishburne effect, as I put, because Long Fishburne has made some awful movies in his time, but he's such a likable presence on screen that you don't really mind. Like, you get Long Fishburne, you get Jason Isaacs, you get fucking... Shit, I'm... Oh, I can't remember any of any of enough names in this cast, but you get what I'm saying. The cast in general, I would look them up, is so good. And it seems to be one of those movies where the entire team knew exactly what they're doing, how to achieve the desired result. Joe Lee Richardson and Kathleen Quinlan, it's a really good cast, actually. I don't know who Jack knows with this. But you've got people like Sam Neill who can invest something like this with gravitas, you know? They're not, they know they're not dealing with Shakespeare, but they can deal with some cool shit. And it's also weird that, like, you, you watch something like this and you think, how did studio release this? And know there's a lot of controversy um, of, you know, oh, they rushed the editing, you know, filming, blah, they tried to... um uh, save the fact that Titanic's not going to be slow, and they cut down this from 130 minutes to 90 and all of that. And be honest, like, I'm sure a lot of that lost footage, I'm sure it's way directed and competent, all of that, but I like the fact that it's 90 minutes. It feels better and shorter. It's the Donnie Darko effect, as I put it, where Don Darko was cut down tremendously from director's cut to a very compact length, and then they shoved all that shit back in director's cut, and it's sort of like, yeah, we prefer we preferred the original cut. It's just where it is. I, I like the fact that this movie's short, sharp, and com- concise. But anyway, to discuss plot for this movie, I'll be doing a recap shortly. Um, ship that was lost for years, Dear Event Horizon, turns up in space, and a bunch of people go to investigate, including ship's creator, Dr. Weir. And he tried creating fast and light travel by creating a temporal gateway ship that moves between two points in space simultaneously. And it winds up going somewhere it shouldn't have gone, and that's where the ship goes down. Because apparently if a doc- if you creator of ships having nervous breakdown, it creates a really fucked up looking ship. No, it's just a crazy moving out guy. And also very violent. And I, I I kind of like violent movies. You know, I think you can get a good level of art and also a good level of practicality to them. You know, not always great, but some of them are really good. And Event Horizon's one for ones I really enjoy. I just find the fact that it's such a weird fucking movie. Like to have Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne who can pull off both hammy overacting and generally earnest acting at the same time as your two main characters, balanced by Jolie Richardson, and an insanely good cast. I mean, Jason Isaacs, like, he's a fucking great actor at taking these little characters that don't have that much and making a good job for them. And generally, I just feel like this is a movie that I can re relax to and chill out because I've had a fucking. Oh week and a half at work and, you know, with personal stuff and all that shit. And you see, watch this fucking movie and you just chill out. And that's fundamentally why I enjoy movies so much. You know, 
we all have such busy lives, we all have such busy shit, that sometimes it's nice to sit down and just watch big, silly, stupid, fun, ridiculous, over-the-top sci-fi horror movie. Or if you don't like sci-fi horror, go watch fucking Love Actually or something, I don't know. But for me, Event Horizon is just a movie where I can sit down, enjoy watching it, and chew the fuck out for 90 minutes. And I would say that's rare in this day and age for a movie to catch my attention for that length of time. Even though I've seen it many times before. But just the, the aesthetics of the movie, the, the weird writing, the weird directing, the bizarre acting choices, the overacting, the hammy dialogue, the borderline absurdness of it. Just the way that all characters meet their ends and shit like that. And the mythology behind movie two of where's the lost footage gone? Because apparently they shot 20 minutes of the um, nightmare sequences aboard the event horizon when it passed through the dimensional gate or whatever. And you're just thinking, why the fuck we shoot 20 minutes of that? A logic, and I'll go with some more and recap. A logic is like, oh, we're going to show footage of this nightmare scenario, but... It works because you get to see a bit, but imagine fucking having 20 minute sequence of that, like fucking a Tarantino style sequence where like, oh, we're flashbacking now and spend 20 minutes just watching people eating maggots and shit. I'll go into that more in recap, but I find that strange. And I mean, fundamentally, I would I say this was an amazing movie? I don't know. I would say definitely would not rank this as a so bad it's good movie because I just enjoy it. I like watching it. I think it's fun. I think it's probably best movie Paul W.S. Anderson ever made because it's the most crystallised version of sort of things he's interesting. And I also feel that compared to something like Resident Evil, this hits the mark a lot more. It's very low, very low brow in a certain way, very juvenile, but at the same time. It's a tense, interesting, unique, weird and fascinating sci-fi horror movie. And particularly sci-fi horror movies. Sci-fi movies in general, but definitely sci-fi horror movies. A few and far between. And poor Officer Simple is this. And also do it such a mad standard. Obviously it didn't make much money in time, but it's become a bit of a cult classic in present day. Although a lot of people seem to sleep out funk and not realise that he's actually generally watchable piece of cinema you know it's easy to poke fun at something and go like oh you didn't see when you know most movies don't even try try to work, be a movie in that genre you know how many sci-fi horror movies we get how many good sci-fi horror movies we get and how many event horizons do we get and come cult classics the answer is like inherent to safe so that's my review of event horizon i would i'm just gonna fucking say it. i would go five out of five Personally, I love this movie. It's very entertaining, very watchable, very weird. And who can participate in a movie where Long Fishburne is like, fuck this ship, with no irony, no intonation, and no real personality whatsoever, just giving line a complete matter-of-fact delivery that makes it iconic. Anyway, I'll be back in second. Oh, no, I won't be back. Yes, we'll be back in second, because it's time for Halftime Handball. And then after that, I'll be doing my recap with Vent Horizon. So stay tuned, I'll be back in just a few seconds. And welcome to another edition of Halftime Handball. I'm your host, Ian Austin. I like handball. 
one of my favorite TV series. Previously on Handball TV series, Handball left her at someone. He had someone. He had them. He had their soul. He had their bones. He had their marrow. How can you eat someone's marrow? How can you do it? How could you? You're not a dog handball. You're a human being. Previously on Handball Lecter, Wade Graham. Wade, Mr. Graham? He's a cop. He might have autism. He might have Asperger's. We don't know. It's so subtle, but so powerful. It's so powerful. Previously on Handball Lecter, Lawrence fucking Fishburne. Pretending to be a cop named Jack Crawford, which is very strange. It doesn't make any sense. His wife. Gina Torres is next to him, but she's not Gina Torres, she's Bella Crawford. But he's going wrong with it. Did he, mar did he pretend to marry a woman who looked exactly like his real-life wife? Did she not think it was strange? Does he not realise that his actual wife does not have cancer? Who knows? It's strange. Hannibal, what episode are we up to? What episode? We're up to Fromage, I think. There's dogs, there's whimpering. Will Graham. Chordophone. Butts minuting G. I don't understand what's going on. I have confessions to make. I didn't watch this episode. I can't remember what episode I'm up to. But it's okay. It's okay, everyone. Because in this episode, I'm pretty sure... Now, everyone suspected Hannibal was a serial killer and then came to their senses and realised he wasn't. But the truth is, viewer, he is a serial killer. He is a cannibal. So fucking bizarre, you know? So bizarre. How do they not know? He's so European. He's so debonair. He couldn't possibly be a serial killer. But look at the food he serves. Look at it. Look at it. Eat it. It doesn't taste like chicken doesn't taste like chicken he's eating human beings but that's weird but it's very Hannibal because after all Hannibal is a cannibal I'll be back next week and hopefully I'll remember what episode I got up to and not just talk bollocks for a few minutes this has been Halftime Hannibal Hannibal is a cannibal. And now it's time for everyone's favourite feature. Ian recaps the movie, which is always a rather idiosyncratic and slightly quirky proposition at best of times. Today's movie is Event Horizon, so what best way to start than in space? In space, no one can hear you scream, except in this case, we can hear Sam Neil scream. I was about to say Sam Elliott, it's Sam Neil. We can hear Sam Neil scream because he does scream and he gives the first and main screams in the movie and points back. He screams his camera rather inappropriately, jams right into his face. And from there, we cut to Earth, I guess, or maybe a spaceship, I'm not sure. Sam Neil wakes up with a concerned sigh. And realises he has to go to space now. Or maybe he's already in space. I can't remember. Next thing we discover. We're on the. Is it Lewis and Clark? Yeah. We're on Lewis and Clark. Not Lois and Clark. No that's completely different property. We're on Lewis and Clark. And we're on the ship. 
where much like Prometheus, no one's told anyone why you fucked their own ship. Turns out they're hailing a vessel called, trying to find a vessel called the Event Horizon. The crew wakes up, you know, as they do, go in crash sleep, then wake up five, six days later. I'm jumping head there, I'm not really sure I am. Anyway, the point is that we have the requisite scene of why the fuck we here, what the fuck we doing. And then we find out what the fuck we're doing. Because Sam Neil explains it to us. Because Sam Neil is a good man who wants us to know what's going on. So I'm going to drink some coke. Sorry. Sam Neil being a good man, a genuinely good man, decides it's time to explain what plot movie is. Namely, he went in a new type spaceship, and his new type spaceship could warp holes in time and space, cut open a doorway and between one point and another point, and fly through it as he illustrates with just creating the pornographic materials of Alfred of Gotham. Which is a lovely thing to do, you know? And he's not obviously happy about it because his playboy got poked, but not the way he'd want to poke them. From there, we find that it's going to be quite a harrowing movie because we've already had a scene where Sam Neill has a fucking mental breakdown, so we know we've got to get back to that point. And certainly about that, was it a dream? Was it not a dream? Who fuck knows? This is not a movie you need to really think about. Lord Fishman points out they're not happy to be here. Indeed, one of his crew members, Mama Bear, was meant to be on Earth with her son, but can't be because they're in fucking space. So her son went with her ex, and she'll get him for the summer, except she won't because, all spoilers, she dies. Oh no, is ruining the movie. Jason Isaacs and the team start throwing some shade at Sam Neill, pointing out that he couldn't save the dinosaur if one makes him think save the event horizon. He points out that the event horizon didn't explode, it was lost, but now they found it. Everyone starts to realise that might not necessarily be a good thing, because they've seen sci-fi before, but Long Fishman tells them they're hiding their jobs, they're going to do a job, so they're going to see what's there. Around this point, we get a lot of banter from the crew, and that's my favourite part of the movie, because the banter feels organic and quite playful at the same time. So they try and find the event horizon, and I've really scoured very quickly for a lot of this movie because there's lots more that happens and I've sort of skirted over the edges of it. Sam Neil freaks out and, you know, he starts seeing his wife who turns out is dead and also may or may not have eyes. You know, it depends on the scene. She's naked, but she does have eyes. She tells him he needs to open his eyes and Sam Neil screams again. I'm jumping between times here. I'm probably making moves sound a lot more confused, confusing than it actually does. If you've seen it, you can work around basis. Lawrence Fishburne comes out first of many quotable lines, although I don't know what a line is, but fuck it, you have to assume it's quotable. They find the event horizon, and we get the first real tease of Mystery of Movie, which is where the fuck did the event horizon go? They also find a scoured ship, and it's a weird fucking ship, like, design's properly weird, and no point someone go, why, why would you design this? Sam Neill explains that he did design it, and no one points asked him the obvious question, the other obvious question, which is, did you design this before or after your nervous breakdown? Because this is a weird fucking ship. It looks, it feels like a nervous breakdown. Yeah, it's very creepy, very abstract, very gothic, and very designed and broken on a sort of metaphysical level. So he's scouring the ship, looking for shit, and they, fi- they find a distress beacon. And we get our first bit of Latin, which is very cool. Jason Isaac translate and goes, Liberate something. Save, save, save me. Is it save me? Yep, save me. Because it's mistranslated. And it says it'll work on the rest of the signal. 
So despite that, you know, they decide that they're going to scour the ship because they need O2 and shit like that. And as they scour the ship, they start seeing more and more weird shit, really weird shit, you know, bizarre images, hallucinations. It pays off Love Backstory further in the movie with, like, Mum Bear and her son issues, Justin, the young member of crew, feeling underutilised. And you also find the Warp Core, or whatever it's called, and they cite that Justin, their teammate, is going to, the young kid, young in question, not young kid, he's going to stand there and he's just going to look at it, despite being hooked on a wire. Well, while everyone else is in the control room. Well, unfortunately, the event horizon sucks him in because he touches the goo and it pulls him inside and he goes fuck knows where. He starts screaming and everyone's like, shit, we got to get him out, we got to get him out, we got to get him out. So they try pulling him out. And eventually do pull him out, but not after a shockwave energy goes through the whole ship. And at that point, it's all like, holy shit, the ship's fucking alive. Ship's alive, dude. It's so alive. So from there, it starts getting weirder and weirder. The hallucinations, just in the coma, you know, what's going to happen to him. And then get a bit more of the message, which freaks everyone out. And then Justin wakes up. And he walks into the airlock, and they're sort of like, Justin, don't go in the airlock. And he's sort of like, no, I'm here. And they're like, Justin, come on, get out of there. He's like, no. And then he depressurizes the airlock like an asshole, and an alarm goes off. And he realizes that the ship's possessed him. The ship has possessed Justin. Fucking Justin's possessed. And then he wakes up, and he's sort of like, open door. And they're like, we, we can't, you depressurize. He's sort of like, open door. And they're like, Joe Lee Richardson's character's like, Justin, we. We've literally lived on spaceships our entire, most of our lives. You know how they work. And Justin's like, open it. Like, Justin, we'd die. So Long Fishman's like, put me through Justin because he's fucking about in space. And Justin's sort of like, what? let me out, Captain. Captain's sort of like, we can't. We'd all die. And he's like, please. And Captain's like, look, I'll give you some real good advice, Justin. When that door opens and it starts really depressurizing, I want you to shut your eyes and I want you to curl up into a ball. And Justin ignores him. And as a result, blood starts coming out of Justin's eyes. His skin starts flaking. And he starts freaking out and coughing up blood. Lawrence Fishburne manages to save the day mostly. Because as soon as Justin gets pulled in space, Lawrence Fishburne tackles him back into the airlock. But breaks his ribs in the process. Justin's throwing up everywhere as they try to stabilise him. As Sam Neill's freaking fuck out. Because he's starting to see hallucinations of his dead wife everywhere. It's like, oh, fuck this shit. And she's like, this, this... This is your punishment for not starting in drastic way. Jessica Park lost weird. And Sam Neil starts freaking out as he realises he won't get royalties from that movie. He'll get royalties from this, which is going bomb. Sorry, more coke. Quiet. So at this point, um, it's all starting to go wrong. And Logs Fishman's starting to realise there's some fucked up shit on this ship. He starts freaking out. He has a hallucination, I'm not sure if it's here or later, of a man on fire. And F1 starts making Matrix jokes, but there's no one on fire in Matrix. So he starts freaking out. He's like, oh, no, you're my teammate. You're on fire. And the guy's like, you let me burn, Lawrence Fishburne. Burn, Lawrence, burn. And Lawrence is like, awful effect. And the whole audience is like, shit. But we love it. We love it. We love shit effects. So Lawrence Fishburne's really losing his fucking mind at this point. Jason Isaacs is like, well, I need to explain something to you, Long Fishburne. That message did not say liberate. Liberate, it's humor. It says liberate, it's humor, which is save yourself. And Long Fishburne's sort of like, maybe we shouldn't be on a ship. And then all everyone, J. 
Justin Stew unconscious. F1 sites are going to go to a fucking lovely room and watch a bunch of footage of what can be best described as the director's cut of Serbian movie where we see all crew members of the event horizon as it was fucking the living shit out of each other. Rape, murder, um, deforestation, jaywalking, uh, voting Republican. It's the most fucked up shit imaginable. And they see it all clearly. And Lord Fishburn watches all of it and then freaks out and says the immortal lines, two immortal lines, we're leaving. And then he's asked what he wants to do. And he's like, we're going to blow the ship with smithereens. And then I see another, other immortal line, fuck this ship, with a deadpan delivery so brilliant that I have to rewind every time I see it and think this is everything I want to see my beat. Oh, and at some point, Mum Bear dies. Because why not? She's picking up O2 packets with um, Alfred and um, she picks up too many and he runs off. <laughs> and then she sees her son and she's all like, my, my son's on the spaceship. She's so proud. So she chases after him and then he runs in for a big hug. He moves out where she falls down a conveyor uh, over a ledge even and dies breaking, splattering on ground as the sun, the event horizon looks down at her and goes, Mummy, fool. And then that's the last we see of Mama Bear. Um, Lawrence Fishburne starts freeing out and he's attacked by um, a fucking the soldier, fire soldier again. He manages to get away and has tight, tense scenes Jason Isaacs where he's like, you know what, we actually had this scene like 20 minutes ago, but Ian's just bring it up now, where he says that the ship is pulling shit from their minds, their fears, and making it literal. Jason Isaacs is like, well, um, um, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to be in a bunch of TV shows that don't get to the second season. And Lars Fishburne's like, you're Jason Isaacs, man. You're Jason fucking Isaacs. Jason fucking Isaacs, man. Don't matter how many, se- how many TV shows you make, you only get one season, they'll give you more because you're a badass motherfucking actor. And they both smile and they realise that being a badass motherfucking actor is the best thing you can be in life. Unless you can be rich for no work. Huh. Anyway, um, so that shit happens. And then Sam Neill, we jump forward in time again. Sam Neill, after being told, fuck this ship, so like, no, no, I am home, and walks off. And then Lawrence Fishburne starts realising shit gets really weird because Jason Isaacs is chilling out in Med Bay and then he gets attacked by Sam Neill who fucking cuts him the sh- in shit. It's fucking Lawrence Fishburne begs Alfred to get off ship. Alfred's found the bombs or found out there's bombing errors. So he tries to defuse it but realises it's been gasping three seconds. So he's blown the fuck up. At this point, it's just Lawrence Fishburne, Joel Lee Richardson and shit. What's the other guy's name? It's not Hutch. He's actually one of the best characters in the movie but I can never remember his fucking name is or who the actress who plays him. But he's like the comic relief but in a really amusing, entertaining way. Um, shit, sorry, it's really fucked up. Where's the fucking carrot? It's funny, let's go. It's not Cliff. Uh, Cliff, um, Miller. No, not Miller. Not where. Cooper. Cooper, who gets some great lines like, here I come, motherfuckers. Cooper's there. And fucking Jolly Richardson and Lance Fishburne. So they own three left on the ship at this point. They're still alive because Justin's been sucked off in space. So they're fucking trying to survive 
and however much possible. Lance Fishburne's really getting messed up because he's doing all this bullshit. Fucking Sam Neill's going batshit crazy. He's dug his own eyes out so he doesn't have to watch Jurassic Kingdom again. And he's freaking out. Everyone is freaking out. And Joe Richardson's like, having not much to do at this point, but fuck this ship. And Lance Fishburne's like, fuck this ship. And Cooper's like, motherfucker. The ship and Sam Neil was like, Don't say it about my ship, I love my ship, my ship's my baby. I'm gonna enter it, I'm gonna enter the airlock. And they're like, That's disgusting, Sam Neil, you fucking freak. So now shit's getting real, shit's getting serious, shit's getting real. And they're all walking around and they're all doing stuff, and you know, hallucinations and fight sequences. And Lance Fishburne finds Jason Isaacs has been strung up like. Fucking Hamble Lecter, fucking the municipal Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci motherfucker painting where he's strung up and it's like, look how beautiful it is, look at how meat hooks are art. And Lance Fisher's like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. I wouldn't even make Matrix. So he walks off and then fucking um, Sam Neill somehow gets a drop on them again. He's going to kill them for nail gun. Long Fisher's been ducking that way. Fucking Cooper's appears. I've been knocked in the space, he's in the space shoot. He's like, here I come, motherfuckers. But he runs up the window and Sam Neill shoots it with a fucking nail gun and blasts the window open. And he's pulled out in space screaming. Lance Fishburne activates the fucking emergency window cover thingy. And they're all okay. And then fucking, they walk downstairs because they're getting CO2 canisters. And fucking, he's, he's ambushed again by Sam Neill. He bets Joy Richardson and fucking... Cooper get off ship and he has a fight with half Sam Neil, half Flaming Boy. And Sam Neil beats the shit out of Long Fishburne. It's like, fuck you, Lawrence, fuck you, fuck you. This is for fucking Pee Wee's big adventure, motherfucker. So he starts hitting him. Long Fishburne knocks some blows off course and he goes, hey, I lose my pocket now when I was 14. He beats the fuck out of Sam Neil. Sam Neil counters, he's like, motherfucker, I made Jurassic Park. The fuck you do. And Lance Fishburne finally counters. He's like, bitch, I'm going to make Matrix in a few years. And then Sam Neill's sort of like, that shit's the future. I'm the now. And he just pounds fucking... He pounds Lance Fishburne to the ground. He's sort of like, do you yield? Do you? Do you see it? And then he starts showing him the fucking director's cut of Serbian movie. And Lance Fishburne's like, no, no, no. And Sam Neill's sort of like, man, you can be Batman vs Superman's Perry White. You ain't going a fucking single line worth a damn. And fucking... Lance Fishburne's freaking out and Sam Neill to pound him and Lance Fishburne eventually sort of like, well, no, because I have a bomb. And Sam Neill's sort of like, oh, the irony is a bomb goes off and blows the ship up as um, Jerry Ricks and Cooper fly away and it's sort of like, yay, happy ending. The movie's a literal bomb. And it's sort of like, oh, no, symbolism. So at that point, fucking, we cut away to like weeks later because apparently they trust the AI and they wake up Joey Richardson wakes up screaming because fucking Sam Neill's there. And he's sort of like, hey, you want to be in Jurassic Park 3? She freaks out. She's sort of like, but the script isn't very good. And she wake her up and calm down. And everyone's like, no, that's fine. This isn't the event horizon. It's all good. But then fucking one people looks at Joey Richardson and sort of like winks and goes, hey, I'm Sam Neill. And she freaks out. And everyone's sort of like, no, no, it's not Sam Neill. And then the door shuts with of its own cord. Who knows? Because that's the end for the fucking movie. That's Event Horizon. I really think I really jumbled a lot of that. I have no idea how much of that actually happened or in what order. I'm really out of it tonight, but that's fine. I'll be back next week with um, 
don't know, maybe shock treatment. Depends if I could find it. I'm going to have a sleep now. So you guys chill out and remember life is beautiful.